So, but there's, Jesus talks a lot about storms, and there's several significant storms in the New Testament that Paul went through, Peter went through, Jesus and his disciples went through. And each one of them, I believe, teaches us something unique and something different. Uh, so I want to look at some of these this morning, and uh, we, we know that Jesus is not just talking about rain. How I many of I know Jesus is not just talking about rain? We know he's not just talking about rain because there's a passage of Scripture where he's given a parable, a very famous parable, and the parable is of the guy who builds his house upon the sand, and then there's another guy who builds his house upon the rock. And he said, when the storms of life come, and clearly Jesus was not talking about rain, he was talking about uh, the storms of life. How many of y'all know storms come to your life? How many of y'all had any? If you haven't yet, just brace yourself. Brace yourself. They're coming, right? They're, they're coming. Storms come to all of us, or Jesus wouldn't have taught that, but he said you can make it through a storm. He said you can endure a storm, and he said if you'll prepare properly, and if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, then, then uh, you can, you'll make it through. And you'll learn a lot because of it. And you're going to see here, it's interesting, Jesus never went around a storm. He never went around a storm. Really fascinating. And he didn't wait on storms to, to blow over. Well, there was a question, you know, I was thinking, man, maybe we should just cancel church this morning. And the Lord actually reminded me of this passage of Scripture. And he said, uh, Jesus never postponed ministry because of rain. Or hurricanes. He never postponed his ministry because of natural circumstances. Jesus went into the heart of the storm, spoke to the storm, dealt with the storm, and then went about his business doing what he was called to do. I know Jesus is not afraid. And again, not just talking about rain here, Jesus is not afraid of your storm, he's not afraid of your mess, right? He, he, he is willing to come right in the middle of your life, of your mess, of your storm, and he is not deterred. He is not shaken. He is not scared. You say, yeah, but I'm a this, I'm a sinner, I'm a heroin addict, I've had abortions, I'm a prostitute. Jesus is not afraid of your storm. He's not afraid of nothing. I can tell you, he ain't afraid of demon. He ain't afraid of nothing. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. No man takes my life. I lay it down. I mean, we serve somebody who is unlike anybody else. And he's dynamic. And he's powerful. And he's wonderful. And uh, I believe he wants to show us some stuff about storms this morning. So I'm going to read a couple of passages of scripture here. I'm actually going to read the same, the same thing in two different passages. And uh, I'm going to start in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. It's really interesting. And y'all just, y'all just work with me. How many of y'all want to, I believe God's got something really specific for us this morning. You're going to notice your worship God don't have a lot of blanks and all that type of stuff. No, I believe there's some things he wants to say specifically. But what I love about Mark chapter 4, if you have your Bible, I encourage you if you got your Bible, if you'll just kind of scroll through Mark chapter 4, you're going to see he does some amazing teaching. He teaches on the, the, the parable of the farmer that scatters seed. And then he teaches on the parable of the lamp, the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus comes out of this great time of amazing teaching. And at the end of the day, at the end of teaching and preaching all day, and how many of y'all know, uh, they, he walked. 
Jesus walked, and it was hot, and he rode donkeys, and he rode camels. I mean, I know those are pretty stinky animals. If you love camels, I apologize, but they're gross. Even horses. I have a gross. I have a gross. I have a horse. We have a horse named Spanky, and I love I love Spanky, but on my back porch right now, he has pooped on my back porch. On my back porch. Because he got out of the rain. He didn't want to be in the rain. So he got up on my back porch. And I'll just tell you, horses stink and they're nasty. And Jesus traveled this way. And he walked a lot. And he taught and he taught and he taught. Why? Because he cared about people. He cares about you. And he'll teach you and he'll keep teaching you and he'll keep teaching you and he'll keep teaching you until he gets you to where he wants you to be. And if you won't quit on him, I can tell you he'll never quit on you. Because I'm going to show you right here, this man, he was a stud. Everybody thinks about Jesus, he just like rode a cloud. He didn't ride a cloud, he walked. He rode horses and he rode camels and he invested in people and he loved people and he taught people. And after teaching all day in verse number 35 in Mark chapter 4, it says evening came. You don't know what happens when evening comes. It gets dark. Most people call it a day at the, and when evening comes, not our king. He tells his disciples, he says, let's go over to the other side of the lake. We serve a king. We serve Jesus at the end of a day of hard work, he says, there's still more people. There's other, there's other places that we have to go. There's more that we have to do. Let's cross over to the other side. Let's, let's move over to the other side. And he's speaking directly to his disciples. How many of y'all know sometimes Jesus will ask you to go the extra mile? Not always, maybe, but here, he'll ask you to go the extra mile. There's times he speaks directly to his disciples, those that are following him. He says, you're following me? You're my disciples? We're not done. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. What's on the other side of the lake? Well, well you're going to see it. It says, so they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind. I mean, I know if you're going to serve Jesus, there'll be times you have to leave the crowds behind. Amen. Amen. There's going to be times where he's going to ask you to go out into, un, he's going to ask you to go out in dark places, unfamiliar places, only the light of the moon guiding you. How many of y'all know that's usually not a good time to go boating? I can tell you, usually you don't go out boating at night unless you're going fishing for speckled trout. Can I get a witness? If you've got one of them boats with the lights on it, then sure, you're going to go out night fishing, but they're not going out fishing. This is not a joy ride. It's not a joy ride. This is Jesus telling his disciples there's stuff for us to do. And uh, he, he, he says, we've got to go over to the other side. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out and they left the crowds behind. You can just see them pushing off away from the shore. He just left the multitudes of people that, that he just got through teaching. And it says, although there were other boats that followed. I like those guys. We don't ever talk about those guys. But I like those other guys that said, you may be done teaching, but I ain't done following. Find me a dinghy. Can I borrow your boat? Can I borrow your boat? And there's other boats in tow. They're going out following Jesus. I think there's so much here that we can learn about, follow about being a real disciple of Jesus. Leaving some stuff behind. Going out into the dark. When it's just you and Jesus, right? But it says a fierce storm came up what category was it I don't know 
I don't know. Maybe it was a Harvey. Maybe it was a Category 4. Maybe it was a Category 1. How many of y'all know they didn't make boats back then like they make them now? They just didn't. If it was a Category 0.5, I'm sure it was a lot of a storm, 50-mile-an-hour winds to be upon the, this boat. But he says it was a fierce storm, and it came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. I've never been in a situation like this. I have been out on the water, and some of you have been out on the water before, where it starts the lightning. Have you ever been in a boat before where it starts the lightning? What do you do? Wee! I can tell you exactly what you do. You take that little shifter and you, you floor it, right? You're saying, I am getting out of here immediately. They, I, I am moving. And I've been in a boat like that before one time whenever it got, it got hairy and we got out of town. Have you ever watched Deadliest Catch? Have you ever seen those waves come over that boat? Boom! Everybody bracing themselves. Why? This is a serious situation. This is serious now. This is not, this is not uh, uh, nothing to... We, we read through it real fast sometimes. How many of y'all know if you were there, you would be telling people, slow down when you read this. Because this is a real happening. This is something that was significant here. Waves are coming up over the sides of the boat. High waves were breaking into the boat. And it began to fill up with water. The boat is beginning to fill up. But Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. And his head was on a cushion. Have you ever been a storm you felt like Jesus was sleeping? Feel like, where Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you understand this situation that I'm facing? Don't you see what's happening in my marriage? Don't you see what's happening in my finances? Don't you see what's happening in my business? Where are you at? Why aren't you on the case? What are you doing? Why aren't you here? Uh, uh, why aren't you? Uh, uh, why aren't you dealing dealing with this thing? I'm suffering here. I'm going through it. This is a real issue, a real problem that I'm struggling with. Where are you at? Where are you, where are you at? Have you ever talked to Jesus like that before? I tell you, I can I tell you, there's been times in my life where, man, I thought, man, I thought I, thought I was, I, I got in the boat with you. You told me to get in the boat. I didn't even want to get in the boat. It was dark. Smart people don't get in boats when it's dark, Jesus. And I left a lot of really smart people to get out here with you. They're all on the bank, and they were intelligent. And here I am. I'm out in a boat. And it's dark. And I don't know where we're going. You just said we're going to the other side. We don't know. What are, what are we doing? Why, why am I even here? Why am I, why am I going through this? I should be back there. I should be back in Egypt. I mean, I remember well, that's what they said in the Old Testament. They're trying to get to the promised land and they're crossing the desert and it's hot and they ain't got no water and they keep eating bread and they say, man, we should be back in Egypt. Why are, why are we even out here? What are we doing? Where are we going? It's not right for us to be here. Come on, I've been there. The, the, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. His head was on a cushion and the disciples woke him up shouting, hey, get up. I mean, I shouted at Jesus, get up, Jesus, what are you doing? Look what they tell him, they say, don't you care? <laughs> don't you care, Jesus, that we're going to drown? Don't you care what's happening? Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care? I mean, I know Jesus is not ignorant. 
How many of y'all know he's not blind? How many of y'all know he's not oblivious? How many of y'all know that he just knows something that we don't know? He just knows something that we don't altogether know. He knows storms. He knows. He, he knows. He just knows something, but they don't know it. How many of y'all know we don't always see it? We don't always catch it. We, don't, we usually don't catch it until we get through the storm and then we catch it. Usually, once you get about a year removed from a situation, then you see you were in that boat all along, weren't you? You were in that boat all along, weren't you, Jesus? You were sleeping the whole time, but you were there, weren't you? He's there. He's always there. How many of y'all know he's not ignorant? How many of y'all think he can see? Come on, the Bible says his eyes on the sparrow. If it's on the sparrow, it's on you. He can see. He knows exactly what's happening. But we don't see it. So they said, teacher, don't you care? Don't you care that we're going to drown? How many of y'all know they saw the worst possible situation? The worst possible situation is we don't make this out alive. How many of y'all know a lot of times we see the worst possible situation? We don't see what, what God could do. Many times we see we're, we're going to drown. We are going down here. We're going to drown. I'm a dead duck. It's over. It's all over here. But Jesus woke up. Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves. I'm going to read that one again. Jesus woke up. And he rebuked the wind. I love that. Why do you love that? Because I love that Jesus could have, he could have, how many of y'all know Jesus could have spent the night and waited for the storm to pass over? He said, no, 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 we're going right now. How many of y'all know he knew that that storm was going to be there? He knew that storm was there. But he didn't wait for that storm to blow over. And he didn't go around the storm. How many of y'all think Jesus is smart enough to go around the storm? One time we were on a carnival cruise line. And uh, there was a, a big hurricane that was out in the Gulf. And uh, we were sleeping just like Jesus. I'm just like Jesus. Me and Jesus are real parallel, parallel creatures. <laughs> oh, but all of a sudden we, it went, the, the boat went, boom. And all of our, uh, that, that room service food, it just flew off of the table and our dock kit and everything flew off the table and then the boat goes again. Boom, man, these huge seas were coming up and I about wet myself. <laughs> that early in the morning, I could tell you, man, I was like, what are we doing here? We're going down, we're going down, we're going to drown. Don't you care, Jesus? That was me, I was in the boat, I'm just saying, a carnival cruise here. I left a lot of really smart people back at the dock. I'm eating. I'm out here. What are you doing, Jesus? And then they come on the little thing. They says, uh, we're within 200 miles of hurricane. I don't remember which hurricane it was. And they said, we're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, divert our trip. We're not going to make it into uh, the port or wherever. We're going to have to go back to Cozumel. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Okay, Jesus, <laughs> I'll let you bring me back to Cosmel. So we had to. So, so the whole point is, we had to go around. We had we had to we had to totally go around. I love Jesus. Doesn't go around. He just doesn't go around. I mean, I know many times we want to go around a storm. We want to go around. Say, I don't. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I deserve to be happy. 
I don't want to deal with it. I deserve happiness. I've earned happiness. I retired, for crying out loud. It's time for me to be happy. But here, Jesus doesn't go around the storm. Uh, he goes right into it. What, why, why does he do that? Why does he lead us into these storms? Because he knows there's some things you'll learn in the storm you'll never learn on the bank. If you're on the bank, you'll never learn. There's certain aspects of following God you'll never learn with the crowd. And you'll never learn it in the, in the, in the daylight. There's some parts that, that the storm is the best teacher. There's some things you'll learn from the storm you just won't learn anywhere else and some of you can testify to that because I look around and I know several of you Wayne's not here you know he's been through over a year long storm man just a storm I got people in my own family that are in and months of just turmoil going on either it's financial or it's with their relationships or it's with jobs and just, just all kinds of craziness that goes on I mean I know storms are a good teacher they're a really good teacher and we don't like teachers. We don't like storm teachers. Hello, my name is Mr. Storm. And over the next nine months, I'm going to be really strict. And you're going to hate me. But you're going to learn a lot come May. By the time we get through this, you're going to learn a lot from me. I mean, I know we don't like that teacher. We want P.E. Right? Right? We just want to dress out, right, in those little polyester shorts. Sit on the bleachers and watch the people play volleyball, right? We, we, we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. But Jesus knows there's something in a storm that that's where you learn. And he's not, he's not deterred by it. He's not afraid of it. He sleeps right through them. They're nothing to him. They're something to us, but they are nothing to him. While he's sleeping, we're freaking out. While he's, while he's dreaming, we're hollering. Ah, help, help, I'm drowning. And he's just like, he's just, he's not oblivious. And it's not that he doesn't care. How many have ever had one of your children freak out? I've told this story before, but I'm just now reminded of it. Whenever we first moved, we lived on the Calcasieu River. I had this boat with like a 10-horsepower motor, and I wanted to take the kids uh, out on the river because we'd really not, we'd never been out on the river before. So I put them in this little aluminum boat, not much of a boat. You know, it's not very fast, but they were young, three and five. So they thought it was cool. And we were going, but unbeknownst to me, I thought that once you got on the river, you could just keep taking rights. <laughs> you can't just keep taking rights on the Calcasieu River because you wind up lost. So I wound up pretty lost back on the Calcasieu River, and I just kept taking rights. And I thought, I thought I'm going to make it to the boat dock over here. No, I didn't. So, so, like, a, so like an hour and a half later, I'm still, still taking rights trying to figure it out. And then, uh, and then the engine breaks, and it'll only go in reverse. <laughs> I know, it's horrible. <laughs> it'll only go in reverse. But my three-year-old my three and my five-year-old start crying. We're going to die. We're going to die. They, I'm, no joke. I'm not exaggerating. Both of them, because you know whenever one kid cries, the other one starts crying. So, so it starts out just the little one's crying. She's like, ah, Daddy, what are you doing? Daddy, we're going to drown. And then Noble's like, we're going to die. We're going to die. You're lost. And I'm driving backwards going, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. We're good. We're good. And the sun's going down. It's starting to get dark. I'm like, no, no, we're going to. And they're, ah. And finally, I just had to stop the boat. I'm like, shut up. I mean, I ever tell you kids to shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. We're not going to die. The bank is right there, you know, because the Capture River is not even as wide. It's about as wide as this room, you know. We're in the middle of it. And I'm like, the bank is right there. It's like, 
if worst case scenario, if we have to ditch the boat, we're going to make it to the bank, you know, just shut up, quit crying. I mean, I know Jesus didn't tell his disciples, just shut up, but he was probably thinking, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up. You're going to be all right. You're, you're losing your religion here, but you're going to be all right. Yeah, the waves are coming over, but you don't know who's in the boat. And I hold all power in heaven and earth. And you would think that they would have learned this after all of this teaching. But how many of y'all know sometimes we're slow learners? We're slow learners sometimes. We read the Bible backwards and forwards. And sometimes we're slow learners. But the times that you really learn it are when you're in the water. And when you're in the storm. Because drinking your coffee, sitting in your recliner, doing your Devo is not always the best time to learn faith. It's not always the best time to learn Jesus because they had just heard him teach on the parable of this and the parable of that and the parable of this and the parable of that. But Jesus knew in order for you to really get a glimpse of who I am and what my word is like, we're going to have to get off of the bank. We're going to have to leave the edge and we're going to have to launch out. And it's going to have to be dark and there's going to be some things that you don't understand and things are going to happen that you don't know. But you're going to learn to trust me out there. If you don't learn it anywhere else, you're going to learn it out there. And if you don't, you're going to die. Thanks, Jesus. Any always encouraging? No, not always. I was listening to a pastor the other day and I thought it was really good. He said, the Lord told him, he said, I don't want you to be a nice leader. I want you to be an effective leader. I think sometimes we surround ourselves with nice leaders. Jesus just wasn't always nice. There were times when he seemed quite cold. There were times, why? Because he knows, he says, I'm trying to get you not to just hear me, but to experience me. The only way that you'll really experience me is whenever times get tough, times get difficult. So we got to go, we got to finish this. The teacher, don't you care? We're going down. Jesus woke up and he spoke to the wind. Wind speaks of direction. What's Jesus saying there? He's saying, you're not going to get me off course, wind. You don't tell me where I'm going. I tell you where I'm going. This situation's not going to get me off course. We may get divorced, but I'll still serve God. We may lose our house. We may lose the business, but I will not go backwards. I will go forwards. This is the will of God for my life. Me and my wife had to have this conversation before we got married. We're serving Jesus this boat's crossing the lake. And if you don't want on this boat, then you better find you somebody else to anchor up with because it ain't me, right? And she was the same way. She says, well, if you drop dead, I don't care because <laughs> I'm serving Jesus. And if we got to go wherever we got to go, that's where we're going. I said, you're my kind of woman. <laughs> me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Yes. That conversation had to be had. And, and he spoke to the wind. And in, in storms and situations, you got to go ahead and determine, this is not going to blow me off course. I may freak out a little bit, but I'm not going to melt down and lose my, my, my walk with the Lord. A good man falls seven times, but he gets back up. I just spoke to someone recently who's, he's, he's an addict. He's had trouble with addiction. He'll fall off the wagon. I'm always giving that verse. I say, a good man falls seven times, but he gets back up. You better get back up. You got to get back up. You have to go forward. And then he speaks to the waves. The waves, they'll beat you up. So you're not going to beat my brains out. And he spoke to the wind. How many of y'all know it matters what you say in the storm? 
I'm telling you, I could tell you with 100% certainty, it matters. And I've got it wrong in this situation before. There's been times in my life where I just had a faith meltdown and I just lost it. And there were some points where I thought, I don't know if we'll recover, if I'll recover from this. Even there was, there was particular moments with building this church and launching this church where I thought, I don't know if, if, if we'll get beyond today. And I just, just lost it, just lost it. But I'm glad, I'm kind of glad I lost it there because I learned something about me. I mean, I know sometimes we think we got big, strong faith. I mean, I know everybody can swim in the shallow. Everybody can swim in the shallow, right? You really find out if you can swim whenever you're in the deep end. Uh, my, my pastor, he has, he has grandkids, and he tells a story that uh, he had his grandkids over at his swimming pool. And, uh, and his daddy was like, oh, yeah, Dylan can swim. We gave him swimming lessons. So Pastor Marks, my pastor, he just grabbed Dylan, and he threw him in the deep end. And he said, Dylan just sunk. And he's just looking up like, save me, save me. So then the daddy runs, you know, Caleb, he runs, jumps in, and rescues the boy. What's that mean? That means everybody thinks they can swim till they get thrown in the deep end. So we have to watch our words. We've got to watch what we say whenever, whenever we're in the throes of a storm. So Jesus, he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the storm. And then let's see what else. See, I talked too long. And I lost my stuff. Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. As soon as it came, it went. Suddenly, suddenly things got better. Suddenly things turned around. I mean, I like suddenlies. Come on, I like, I like suddenly. Suddenly. We got some new job opportunities. Suddenly, this thing turned around. We endured the storm. We didn't go around it. We went into it. We watched our words. We spoke to the winds. We spoke to the waves. And suddenly, bam, things turned around. Suddenly, they called and they said they wanted to come home. Suddenly, suddenly, the wind stopped. There was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the last thing here is we see Jesus challenges their faith. All right, so I want to go over to Matthew 8, and we're going to look at the same thing. Look, we're doing good. 1038. Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to read through it a lot quicker here because this is the same account, just a different, a different version of it. If you scroll through here, though, you're going to see in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is really talking to them hardcore. And right before they get on the boat... Right before they get on the boat, Jesus challenges them to be a disciple. One guy runs up to him and he says, he says, I want to, I want to follow you. I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, he says, you think you want to follow me, but you may not want to follow me. I don't have a home. I don't have some of the luxuries. I don't have all that. So then another one, he comes up, he says, hey, 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 I want to follow you. I want to follow you. But I first, I got to go bury my daddy. That seems like a logical explanation. I got to go bury my dad. And here comes kind of the coldness of Jesus. Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. You want to follow me? Somebody else can bury him. You come follow me. Jesus, that's not going to go on my hallmark very well. You know, but nobody puts that. How many of y'all buy the religious birthday cards? 
You'll never see that one on the religious birthday card. Let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. No, that's kind of harsh. And then he puts them in the boat. Watch this, verse number 23. Then Jesus got into the boat. He started across the lake with his disciples, and suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. His disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. So little faith. He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And watch this, verse 27, it says, the disciples were amazed. How many of y'all like to be amazed by Jesus? How many of y'all like when he does stuff that's just amazing? How many of y'all have heard testimonies where Jesus did amazing stuff? How many of y'all know, though, that usually when Jesus does amazing stuff, it's to people that had amazingly bad circumstances? And we want the amazing, we just don't want the circumstances. Right? It's like, Jesus, I don't want, I don't want any waves at work. I want smooth sailing at the office, Jesus. My marriage, smooth sailing, no waves, Jesus, in my with my kids, no waves, Jesus, and yet I want you to amaze me. He doesn't do it like that. If you scroll up, if you just look at the people, the guy with the, the, just five or six verses before this, there's a guy with leprosy, pretty nasty storm. Jesus comes into that storm, speaks to it, rebukes it, deals with it, and he goes on. But he needed that leprosy to see Jesus do that. And we don't, we want the amazing sometimes. His disciples were amazed. Jesus, I want to be amazed by you. God, I want to see things. I want to see things. And Jesus would say, you'll see things, but many times you're going to see it in the presence of adversity. Jesus did some miraculous things, but he came up against some, some, some miraculous things. And then I love the last, the last sentence. It says, who is this man? In other words, they've been walking with Jesus. They've been listening to Jesus. They've been talking with Jesus, having breakfast with Jesus, having dinner with Jesus. But they saw a side of Jesus here they've never seen before. And they never would have seen it if they weren't in that boat. If they weren't in that storm, they never would have seen that, that side of Jesus, which is the side where they said, who is this man? We're, we're, we're with a different individual here. This guy's different than other people. He's, he's, he's something else. I mean, I know you don't get to see that. You just don't get to see that side unless you're out there with him. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, we're going to go six chapters up. What's eight plus six? Really? <laughs> All right. Woo. Scare me. Matthew chapter 14. I mean, I know a lot can happen in six chapters. Boy, a lot can happen in six chapters. And now we're going to see another storm. And I love this one. Totally different storm here. Jesus feeds the 5,000. I mean, I remember that story. Pretty amazing story. He feeds all these people, really probably 15,000, 20,000 people. It's just 5,000 men. He's feeding all these guys. And then if you look at verse, uh, verse, verse 22 of the 14th chapter of Matthew, 
we're going to see the same disciples going into another boat, entering another storm, but we have a different outcome here. Really interesting. And what I want you to see here is the growth of the disciples. I want you to see their response in the first storm versus their response in the second storm. I believe God wants us to grow in the storm. I believe he wants you to learn from the storm. I believe the storms that you have today will make you better for the storms you encounter tomorrow. I believe God doesn't want you to go from one faith meltdown to another faith meltdown. I believe he wants you to take some, that, that there are some things like, like for me personally that, that were very difficult, but thank God that, that, that I went through that. So then when bigger storms arise, they're really seen as opportunities and not storms. The first storm wasn't seen as an opportunity, right? They're going crazy. Help, help, I'm drowning. You don't care about me, Jesus. What are you doing? Let me get out of here. But the second storm, they don't see it that way. They start to recognize. I believe God wants you to start to see your storms as an opportunity for you to see him better. An opportunity for you to see a side of him perform for you that you've never seen before. For you to, to be amazed whenever he brings you through it. In this storm, it says in verse 22, it says immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat. Not the boat again, Jesus. Jesus, didn't you learn the last time you put us on a boat in the middle of the night, Jesus? But he insisted. Why? They were probably fighting him on it. I mean, I think you'd be trying to talk Jesus out of it. Jesus, can't we just sleep in the, in the harbor? Get some fish and chips. We'll wake up in the morning. We'll set out. It's a lot more prone to success, Jesus. But he insisted. He said, get back into the boat. We're going back to the other side of the lake. And he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. This time, Jesus is not even on the boat. How many of y'all would, would prefer Jesus to be on the boat? All right, I prefer Jesus. It's like, man, at least we got Jesus. We know we're not going to die. We can't die if we got Jesus. We're good if we got Jesus. But this time, he sends them out into the dark in a boat with no, without them. With, he's not there. He's just like, he says, I'm going over here to pray for y'all to live. <laughs> just like... <laughs> That's not what he's saying, but that's what he's thinking. He's saying, pray for y'all to live. And they're saying, pray for us. Pray for us. After sending them home, he went up in the hills to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. And meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Here we go again. How many of y'all know that you'll go through multiple storms in life? You'll have more than one. But again, I believe we can learn from them and we can get better. It says, and meanwhile, the disciples, while they're in trouble, sorry, verse 25, it says, at three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be afraid. He always brings us these words in storms. He always says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he always challenges our faith. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I see you. I know where you're at. I know what you're going through. 
Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. And then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. I mean, I think Peter grew a pretty good bit from the last storm. Boy, he really grew. He, he really grew. This storm, he, he, they, they thought there was a ghost, right? That's kind of creepy. Uh, I mean, I, we can relate, right? I know all of y'all are like, they're lame. Listen, you saw somebody walking through the water, I guarantee you. You would be like, help, help, trying to jump overboard. But, but, but Peter here and the disciples this time, in the midst of this storm, he said, let me out of the boat. I want to come to you. I want to come, I want to come, I want to walk, I want to walk on water. I want to do something I've never done before. And I believe what we learn in storms is God wants to teach you something you've never seen before. He wants to have you do something you've never done before and experience something you've never experienced it before. But the only way you'll experience it is in the storm, is out on the water. When it gets dark sometimes. You say, is this the way we're always supposed to live? No, I believe that there's times that, there, that there's rest and there's peace and there's tranquility. And all of those things are good. But I think that we, we, we harm ourselves sometimes whenever we try to go around things. We try to, uh, 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 rather than go into them and deal with them, then, then we have a problem. Last one, and I'm going to share this one with you really quick. Because there are times that you need to go around a storm. And in Acts chapter 27, we're going to see a time where a storm comes up, but they weren't supposed to go through this storm. They were supposed to go around it. And not all storms you're really supposed to go through. You say, well, man, how in the world am I supposed to know the difference? Jesus, that's how you know. Jesus, he'll tell you. He'll tell you. You'll know. You'll know. He'll send people to help you, to teach you. In Acts chapter 27, Paul is about to go to Rome, and on his, he's going to go to Rome because he has to stand before Caesar, and he has to preach the gospel to the Roman Empire. Pretty big task. He's going to go before Caesar and try to uh, win him to the Lord because for, for Rome was the greatest civilization of that day, and for that president or for that Caesar to hear about Jesus, it would change everything. How I many of y'all know it did change everything? Out of that came the Roman Catholics. And then you had the Reformation. How I many of y'all think all that was pretty significant events in history? Pretty significant. How did it all? It all started with a man that's getting on a boat. And he says, I must go to Rome. I have to go to Rome. Jesus, it's my destiny. You want me to go to Rome. But if you look in verse number 10, it's very interesting. Because the weather starts to, starts to churn and starts to do some really funny things. And Paul knows down in his inside, he knows by the Holy Spirit. He says, men, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. There's a storm that's brewing. And if we go on, it's going to cost you. And he says, it's going to cost you three things. He says, we're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to lose your boat. He says, second thing is you're going to lose all your cargo. It's going to hurt you. And then he said, third thing, there's also danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship captain than the owner and the owner of the boat than to Paul. And I believe there's some storms that, that, that God doesn't want you to go through. 
I believe there's some things in your marriage God doesn't want you to go through. I believe there's some things in your finances God doesn't want you to go to. And God will send people into your path to say, you better watch out here. You better watch out here. The direction that you're going is you're going to lose some stuff here. You're not going to come out of this unscathed. You better watch. You better watch this. You better watch what you're looking at. You better watch what you're thinking about. You better watch what you're putting your heart into. You better watch where you're slipping here. How many y'all? How many y'all know we need people like that in our life? I'm telling you, we need. You can learn a lot from the storm, but you can also learn a lot from people that have gone through some storms before you. How many y'all know we don't always listen to our mamas and daddies? Can I get a witness? Can we get? Can, can I get another witness? Right. There were some storms. My dad told me, he said, "You're going down a path here." You better check yourself. My pastor would tell me, you better watch it here. You're going down a path here. That, that guy, I know you really like him. And I know you've been single for a while. But there's going to be loss here. You better, you better watch that. You better check that. You better fix that. Thank you, Cor. <laughs> She's raising the roof. <laughs> there's, I'm telling you, there's people. What's that mean? That just means not all storms you're supposed to speak to. Some storms you need to go around. And God, he'll send the right people. He'll send you his word. He'll send you his Holy Spirit. He'll send you the church. He'll send you pastors. He'll send people into your life. But how many of y'all know, if you choose to listen to the other people more than you listen to the voice of God, and you'll see exactly what happens here. In fact, they start, start, starts, it starts going bad, right? The boat starts to fall apart. They're trying to tie the whole of the boat together. They're offloading all of the cargo and finally, in verse number 21, last verse, I'll give you this verse. It says, no one had eaten for a long time. In fact, it says that the sun had been blotted out. The stars had been blotted out. It's a horrible storm. It went on for weeks. It said nobody had eaten for a long time. But Paul called the crew together and he said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. I believe God wants us to avoid some stuff. I believe he wants us, us to avoid some loss. There's some storms he needs us to go through because they teach us things. And we see him different. And we're amazed at him. Some of those storms we need to go through. But there's other storms, he said, if you'll listen to me, I'll keep you from going through that. I don't want you to go through that. Because it's loss. And how many of y'all know sometimes we suffer loss and then we blame it on God? How many of you ever done that before? I have. I've suffered loss. I say, God, why did you let this happen? And he said, I never wanted you to do it in the first place. I never wanted you to go there in the first place. How many of y'all know he's rich in mercy? Come on, we started the whole service just talking about the mercy of God. God's mercy. And he's faithful. And I want to take about five minutes here, and then we'll uh, uh, close the service. But I, I want to pray for Houston. I want to pray for Corpus. I want to pray for some of these cities, and then for our own city, just for flooding and just for stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, people had a long night last night. Some people had a long night. Some people woke up to a mess. And some people, the worst is yet to come. Right? They rescued, I think, 1,000 people last night. We need to pray for those, the cops and the, the good Samaritans that are down there, not because they want to be, but because they got a boat or they're trying to go in and they're trying to help. We need to pray for the, the, the police officers and the fire, the firemen and pray for this whole situation. That, but, but ultimately, 
Jesus is in the boat. Come on, he's in the boat. He's in the boat. We may not think he's in the boat, but he's in the boat. And he'll help us navigate.